Welcome, everyone, to the Pro Football Doc Podcast, Week 6. Thomas Casali here with Dr. David Chow. Hey, Doc, can you believe it? We're a third of the way through the NFL regular season. Hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, it means it's hard to, to do the numbers now since it's 17 weeks, 17 games. Yeah. But it's 18 weeks, so you're right. It's a third there. But not quite, right? There's still the Monday night game. We're doing this Monday morning. Yep, the, the Ravens and Colts are going to – finish off week five as we look ahead to week six. Doc, uh, some big injuries as always, some big names. Um, teams, some some of these teams are really starting to feel the injury bug. Let's start off with one of them. I, I'm not sure there's been a team in the NFL hit with more big time injuries than the New York Giants. And that continued this week. Um, Daniel Jones with a head Barkley with a left ankle, Galladay with a hyperextended knee. Let's start with Daniel Jones, the quarterback. Um, took a pretty big hit, Doc, and was noticeably wobbly, wobbly after the play. What is your thoughts? Is he going to play this week? I mean, they got the Rams coming up, which is not good news for the Giants. Yeah, well, no question. You look at the video, it's pretty obvious that he had a concussion, and the reason being that, uh, uh, you know, when you have visual signs of impairment, and uh, he actually initiates the contact there with the defender. And you can see it here on the replay. He's slow to get up, but that can happen for a number of reasons. But you'll see after he gets up here that he's pretty wobbly there. And right there and then, uh, that's why uh, we said there's no way he's coming back. But on the replay here, you can't blame the defender. Uh, Daniel Jones actually initiates the contact with his uh, head and uh, helmet right there and uh, is wobbly, and that's why there's no way, even if he clears the concussion screen, even if he clears all the questions and testing, he is ruled out because of that visual sign of impairment with the stumbling. But his return isn't necessarily slower or quicker if he uh, stumbled or didn't stumble. Uh, it's a matter of when his symptoms clear and how quickly he can progress through the protocol. Look, last week, Teddy Bridgewater had a concussion right before the half, missed the second half and played in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's possible. It's slightly less than 50-50 that he can play, uh, but not impossible for Daniel Jones to return. Yeah, let me ask you this quick, Doc. I mean, you're really good looking at video and diagnosing ahead of time what the injury is. I'm assuming concussions are probably the toughest one for you only because you don't know how the protocol is going to go. Is that correct? Well, we know what the protocol is, but the I, the – is how quickly he advances through the protocol is the question, right? I mean, there's there's five steps in the protocol and so forth, and uh, you have to go through each step. A good sign is if we see him at limit, limited practice this week, but not okay. a guarantee. Okay. Let's move on to Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah, th I, this is why I'm glad I have instant access to you every Sunday, Doc, because if I saw that picture of his ankle just on social media, I would have thought this guy's out for the year. But then you tweet right away, no, no, this is actually good news because it's not a high ankle sprain. It's a low ankle sprain, even though it looks awful. Um, so how much time is Barkley looking at uh, missing with that low ankle sprain? Well, you know, if you look at the video of the ankle sprain, that uh, it really is a uh, uh, basketball-type inversion. He steps on the defender at the end, and there'll be some replays there. And obviously, he goes down pretty hard. And obviously, he tears ligaments very painful. Here we go. He steps on it. That's a standard uh, basketball ankle sprain. The lateral ligaments are what's torn uh, right there. 
but no fracture. I think that was a lot of the scare too, right? Look at all that swelling. Is there a fracture? No fracture. Uh, but he's going to miss time. And I think it's going to be weeks. It would be great news if he could stay off injured reserve, but it's not unheard of to end up on injured reserve and miss the three games. Because this is a first time low ankle sprain, you actually tear the ligaments. Second time, the ligaments are already stretched. And he's had a high ankle sprain before in the past, but not a low ankle sprain that we know of on this side. So he's missing this coming week for sure. He would be tremendously lucky if he could return in week seven. I think week eight is the realistic earliest that you could hope for. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's not impossible. He goes on short-term IR for three weeks, but much better than you would have thought. And quite honestly, when he does come back from the ankle, uh, we might be up upping his six score related to his knee. I think he's starting to get to the midpoint of the season where we thought that he would really start to look more like Saquon. Right, so let me ask you real quick. You're telling, you're saying the words torn ligaments, and then next you're saying, but it's good news. So why is the high ankle sprain worse than something that has torn ligaments? Well, in the high ankle sprain, you can have torn ligaments too, but the ligaments are different. There's inherent stability uh, with a low ankle sprain because of the bony structure, whereas in the high ankle sprain, there's no inherent stability. And, and you know, you know me, I'm not a big medical lecturer and whatever, but if this is your ankle ligament and you sprain it, a sprain, a strain is a tear. A sprain is a tear, but partial. So he tears his ankle ligaments. And when it heals, it doesn't heal like this. When it heals, it heals like this, a little bit looser. That's why you can see Steph Curry roll his ankle as badly as you see Saquon Barkley, but he can return in, in a few days or a week because he's done it 18 times before. And that's where the swelling is. But the low ankle sprain looks worse, hurts more, swells more, but recovers more quickly. Where the high ankle sprain can have minimal swelling, yet it's more debilitating as, as we've seen time and again. But of course, there are severe low ankle sprains that take longer than mild high ankle sprains, right? But a severe high ankle sprain takes longer than a severe low ankle sprain. All right. Great info as always. Um, Doc, I don't know. Do you have any uh, eligibility left to play in the NFL? The Giants might be calling you up to play receiver next Sunday. Um, they are really hurting at that position. Kenny Galladay, hyperextended knee. Um, what do you think? Can he play this week or no? Yeah, well, obviously the Giants came into the game with Shepard and Sterling, mm -hmm. uh, 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 Slayton, Shepard and Slayton out um, with hamstring injuries. And then they lost uh, Kadarius Tony the, the ejection, and he was killing it. Uh, look, I went back and looked at the video of Kenny Galladay. I don't see a clear hyperextension. Uh, I think he, it was more of a misstep. He did return to the game. So um, at this point, we're awaiting the MRI. We don't have good replays. I didn't see a clear hyperextension. And uh, obviously, he got sore over time and exited the game. So uh, is it a nothing? Is it a bone bruise? We don't see it as a major ligament tear right now based on video, but we'll have to wait more information. And Kenny Galladay, man, boy, he's had his share, right, of different things, uh, even with the Giants. Well, Doc, a team that has started off slowly and got some more bad news Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs um, struggling a little bit. 
Got some big injuries Sunday night uh, in the loss to Buffalo. The biggest one, probably Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You called it on the spot, a left knee MCL. I know, uh, you know, I'm not going to, some people, you know, still judging by the reaction, said it was going to be worse than that, but you were right on with the left knee MCL. So how long is that going to keep him out of the, uh, for the Chiefs? Yeah, look, um, he got carried off, right? And that was kind of unusual. I mean, it reminded me of Paul Pierce, the way he got carried off yeah. right, by his, his teammates. So he kind of slips, and then his left ankle and leg are trapped beneath them, and you'll see it on this view right here, where thankfully the knee is flexed. That takes some tension off the MCL. If the knee were extended, this would be a significant high-grade MCL sprain. It's probably lower grade. There he is being carried off which I thought was really unusual. But like we said, judge the injury. Now he's putting weight on it. Left knee MCL. No way he was going to return to the game. Uh, I think he's going to be a short-term absence, right? I don't think it's six, eight weeks. I don't think it's surgery. But at this point, you know, his return to play, being that it's already mid-October, is, is November. Now, hopefully early November as opposed to mid or later November. But I think he's headed for November at this point in time. Well, that's certainly good news after watching the injury live. A couple other uh, major chief stars that uh, have uh, lesser injuries. Uh, Travis Kelsey took a blow to the head late in that game. Tyreek Hill, um, a minor knee injury. Are you worried about either one of those long-term? Well, Travis Kelsey seemed, ends up being, I think, more of a stinger, the way his head got hit to the side. And as long as his symptoms go away, which I think they will, yeah, he didn't return, but the score was also out of hand late in the game. So uh, Sasha's optimism for, for Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill, we've been monitoring at Pro Football Doc for weeks now that he has knee tendonitis, likely patella tendonitis, and he's been on the injury report for that. We don't see a new different injury for Tyreek, and uh, I think Schefter indicated it wasn't serious, et cetera. I think it's a lingering issue for Tyreek in terms of patella tendonitis. Okay, well, some good news for the Chiefs uh, long-term, but you can make sure to go to profootballdoc.com to check out the six scores every week of all the NFL teams, including teams that are hurting a little bit, like the Chiefs and the Giants. Make sure to follow us at profootballdoc on Twitter for all the latest analysis. Moving forward, Doc, with some of the big injuries, and uh, the Steelers did not get good news. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, right shoulder, had surgery, season is over. Um, you got We got the video popping up here, Doc. Uh, what did you see when you watched it? Well, real time on Sunday, I didn't see all of the video, and I'm mad at myself. It was there. So he takes a big blow on his right shoulder arm there. I thought maybe AC, but this is the part I didn't see. They're trying to reduce his shoulder right there, put it back in the socket. And it is very painful when the shoulder is out of socket. And uh, it's not theatrics from Juju. That's painful. Here he is. And it's a traumatic direct blow dislocation as opposed to a positional dislocation. And those usually come with a dent in the back of the humeral head which makes it hard to reduce. That was the direct blow from Kareem Jackson there. And look at how painful that is for Juju because his arm is out of socket. Some of you might remember Drew Brees sort of looking like that when he came over to the sideline when I was there from his famous last play with the San Diego Chargers type situation. But we were able to get that shoulder in on the sidelines. Here, because of the traumatic dislocation, I believe he has what's called a Hill-Sachs lesion, 
which is which is a dent on the back of the ball of the of the shoulder joint and that gets locked and that's why you saw the doctor who's very good try to reduce it couldn't he was in pain my guess is they tried on the sideline locker room and couldn't and that's why he went to the hospital and that's been confirmed he went to the hospital for a procedure but not full surgery the procedure is uh, some anesthesia or some muscle relaxant or some medicine and then to reduce the shoulder to get it back into the joint because without the joint it's a very painful and b it can have damage to the articular cartilage and that's the emergency the surgery itself hasn't been done yet and that's probably not an emergency but likely will be done because whenever you have this locked dislocation usually have that hill sacks lesion, which means it comes out easier. We've heard lots of stories of wide receivers. Look at Odell Beckham says his shoulder came out of socket and he's returned to play and still playing, albeit not 100% with his uh, ACL still. But this is why Juju situation is different and likely to need surgery and will be done for the season. It's a uh, four to six month recovery after labral repair surgery. And he'll probably have that this week sometime. Okay, we'll have to see if that injury, if it affects the Steelers' six score, how much it affects it coming into Sunday's game. Uh, they're coming off a big win against the Broncos this week, a, a game that they really needed. But real quick, Doc, I want you mentioned somebody. I want to ask you a, a personal question because me and my buddy, we run a fantasy team, and I got a text this week that said, OBJ is absolutely killing us. And you said just now that you don't think he's 100% healthy. When do you see him being 100% healthy? I don't think he's close to 100% healthy yet coming off the ACL. Uh, honestly, if, if not for the Jarvis Landry injury, his MCL sprain, I'm not sure that they would be suiting Odell Beckham right now. So, um, look, I think he's playing because the team needs him right now, and so he's trying to play through it. Uh, ACL recovery is not that easy, as you know. I mean, look, Saquon was playing through it and, you know, doing okay, but not – his usual self and and Odell is not 100% right now on that knee so I think he'll get there second half of the season he's just not there yet all right um I, one of the injuries doc I thought was interesting on Sunday was a uh, Justin Fields who uh because when it happened the, the left knee you you compared it to George Kittle from 2019 where Kittle came back into the game but then up, ended up missing time um is there any chance Fields does miss time with that knee injury it remains to be seen. Obviously, he returned after a few plays. So on Justin Fields' injury here, he rolls out, and you'll see at the end, he hyperextends that left knee. Now, the good news is it looks bad, but I do not believe he tore his ACL or anything like that. It was a different injury than, than Andy Dalton. But he may have a similar bone bruise right there with the hyperextension injury. He goes off. He comes back in the game after a couple of plays. Um, look, George Kittle returned to play, and here's George Kittle injury. This was from Halloween 2019. I remember because I was trick-or-treating with the kids and my phone blew up. So he had a similar hyperextension injury to his left knee. And uh, by the time I tweeted about worry about bone bruise and other things, people were like, look, he's back in the game. Uh, uh, here's the Kittle injury right there. Um, he's back in the game, and, uh, and you don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, you got to wait and see if it swells. And he left the second half of the game and uh, missed two weeks. I hope this does not happen to Justin Fields. He has made it through the game. I hope the MRI comes back clean. I hope there's nothing there. I hope there's no swelling. 
but it's something to watch. I will feel a lot better on Justin Fields if we see a full practice on Wednesday. Until we see that on Wednesday, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for him. It's not long-term. It's not season-ending, but it's something to watch. All right, so there's a chance it could be Andy Dalton time again in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> how, how ironic would that be? I'm not hoping for that. I'm not speaking ill on this, but that would be very, uh, very ironic. Now, the question then is, and I say this facetiously, uh, does does uh, Matt Nagy say, no, Justin Fields is my starter and Andy Dalton's the temporary, or does he <laughs> go back the other way? Well, the Bears seem to do just enough to keep Matt Nagy's job every season, so I'm sure all the Bears fans out there are really appreciative of that. Um, Doc, there was a, you know, a pretty bad injury this week. Max Williams, the tight end for the Cardinals, obviously, listen, you know, he's out for the year, uh, suffering an injury like that. What I wanted to ask you as a better, uh, cause you've been on the sidelines when you see an injury that gruesome, whether it be a Dak Prescott or a Max Williams or whoever, does that impact the team in game on the sideline or since they're professionals, can they just put that out of their head and move forward? Depends. It sometimes it definitely affects them, and uh, we can go to the Max Williams video in a second. But avert your eyes because it's not fun. Yeah. And I don't know that there's been the official announcement that he's out for the year, but that's just our our thing. Uh, I remember one time, and not to get I remember one time um, we were playing against the Cowboys in AT and T Stadium, and it was a tight game. Uh, and in the end, I believe we won 17 to 10. It was a very tight, low-scoring game. And I remember there uh, – I hope I remember this correctly. I believe it was DeMarcus Ware. It was a beloved star defensive lineman. I believe it was DeMarcus Ware. He had a neck injury. And um, out of precaution, the Cowboys put him on a stretcher, collar, and the whole thing, which – understandably better safe than sorry. Yeah. But that was a, you know, five plus minute delay. Everyone came on the field to look at him and whatever. And let me tell you, we went right down the field and scored. And that was the game winning touchdown. I mean, you know, when you see a player who's your friend, who's a star, who's a stud, who's beloved go down, you have to wonder, do you really stick your head in there? Uh, uh, is there. And uh, my crack research staff says, uh, Basically showing my age, it was uh, DeMarcus Ware, and it was December 2009 against the Chargers. So that game. And we came down and scored, and it was a score 17-10 as the final. Is my memory good there, guys? Uh, but anyways, so yes, it can. Now, I'm not saying it would or did in that situation on Sunday, but, you know, these players are human. Depends on who the guy is, what the injury is. And there is emotion in this game. Uh, if you if you think a coach can give a rallying cry or an emotional halftime or pregame speech and, and get more out of players, you can see how seeing something like that would be a big deal. And obviously the whole Cardinals team came out to wish him well on on the, on, on his way out on the on the stretcher there. Yes. Yeah. So no, that, I mean, that, that makes sense. I just, I think that's an interesting angle when you're in game betting and you see an injury like that, um, uh, how, how to react uh, as, as a gambler. So uh, yeah, I, it makes sense that the 
a lot of times that probably does affect the team, especially like you were mentioning when there's late in the game, one drive, they don't get a chance to get that out of their head yet. Yeah. You know, look, um, I would argue that a potential neck injury to probably one of your best players. And yeah. by the way, I'm, I've been corrected. The, the final was we won 2017, not 1710. But if you look at the time of injury in the drive, you'll see the, 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 the big drive came right after that injury, but a neck injury might be different than a knee injury, a knee injury, even though catastrophic, you consider it a fluke. Whereas a neck injury, you know, you always, when you see all that collar and stuff, you're worried about paralysis and all that. So there may be differences to injuries too. Okay. Well, you just mentioned that players are human. Normally I agree with you, but let's talk about the one guy who isn't Tom Brady uh, suffers a thumb injury in that game. I mean, you could tell it really affected him. I think he threw three touchdowns after it. Uh, I'm assuming this is nothing with Brady. Well, you know, you know Tom pretty well, too, from your uh, Patriots days. But, look, uh, this isn't going to slow Tom Brady down. The the finger injury to Matthew Stafford isn't going to slow him down. Remember in 2019 or 18, when did ja they play Jacksonville in the AFC championship game? Uh, the week before, I think it was 2018, um, uh, he – they were installing a, uh, a jet sweep play and he basically tore his thumb open and had sutures. You remember that? And he mm -hmm. still played against Jacksonville. I don't see much coming from this. I think he's going to be fine. To me, the most intriguing thing was um, uh, 2018 AFC championship game. To me, the most intriguing thing was that he admitted on the podium that in his younger days, he would have hid this from the media, but now he doesn't care anymore. And yeah. here's the wrap on his thumb, and here you go. He's not worried about it. To me, I, th I found that the most intriguing side of the comment. Yeah, and that might have something to do with the difference between Bruce Arians and <laughs> Bill Belichick uh, when it comes <laughs> to injury information, too. The A couple other quarterbacks, Doc, doesn't look anything too serious. Uh, Joe Burrow, throat contusion, went to the hospital. Um, I, he's out now. Uh, I guess the, the question is, uh, everyone wants to know is what in the heck is a throat contusion? Well, you know, we don't see them that often, but they do happen. Um, think back to Frank Ragnow center for the lions. Once again, last season or the season before when he, you know, had his throat injury. Um, look, it's good to be careful. It's good to be careful. But here's the thing. It didn't happen on the one play that he ran on third and 12 and got blown out. Right. It was later. So he got poked or hit in the and thing. And, and, you know, that's why, you know, catchers have that flap now, right? Um, and so forth. Because you don't want to damage your windpipe and your trachea and your voice box. He had some trouble speaking. So the worry is, is this ascending swelling? And could this ultimately affect his breathing? So you send him to the hospital. The Browns player that was discharged last night from the hospital missed his team charter home with a precautionary hospital stop. I think they're both going to be okay. But one thing to watch out for here is that if it really affected his voice where he couldn't speak or couldn't speak well post-game, What's his voice going to be like this week or this weekend? I don't know where the uh, Bengals play uh, yet, whether they're home or away, but a big difference for a quarterback, same with Frank Ragnow a little bit. He needed to make the Mike linebacker call and so forth. 
quarterback obviously has to not only co- relay the plays in the huddle, you could get someone else to do that, but call audibles and cadence to the line of scrimmage. So the question is, um, you know, uh, they play away. I'm not sure where they play. Uh, well, I got good news and bad news. They play away, but it's in Detroit. So they might not, ha- they might not have to worry about crowd noise, except the Lions fans booing their own team. <laughs> but in any case, the deal is, you know, he's got to be able to call the signals. And that might be my main worry. Uh, they might have to alter the snap count. Who knows? But probably not a big deal. Okay, and I'm just going to listen. Joe Burrow, uh, Daniel Jones can't play NFL quarterback that way. Listen, if you want to be tough, that that's will give you a badge of honor. That's great. But listen, we saw Patrick Mahomes Sunday night run slides every time. Got to get down. Can't play NFL quarterback that way, uh, like Carson Wentz. Or you're gonna you're gonna have a career like Carson Wentz. And, and, and here's here's what I would say: if it were a game on the line drive, yeah, yeah, and it was third and twelve. And he got creamed at the 11 and a half yard line. I'd say, you know, in 11 and a half yards downfield, I'd say, okay, you're trying to do what you can to win. You were getting creamed six yards short of the first yeah, down marker. Right. You just need to get down. I mean, exactly. and, and I don't blame him for his heart. Look, Jimmy G learned that lesson, right? Yep. He already got the first down. He tried to get some more yards and then he tore his ACL on the sideline. There's a lot of the lessons. The vast majority of quarterback injuries happen where out of the pocket which mm-hmm. is why my friend philip rivers who really was not escapable got rid of the ball had the yeah. longest active starting streak in the nfl uh like other than russell wilson's uh, finger and other things you know things mostly happen as you extend plays and out of the pocket yeah and that, joe burrow is my favorite player in the nfl and i love him because of his heart but you know we want to see him play he uh starting quarterbacks like that get injured it's not good for the game and it's not good for the team so it's gonna to have to be a little smarter going forward another guy quarterback who is paid to play that way uh Taysom hill uh obvious head injury left the game i'm um, gonna to have to go through the concussion protocol uh we'll see about his status this week Doc, something I want to get your thoughts on, Jacoby Brissett, which is one of the, since I started working here, one of the craziest injuries I've ever seen. I've always in charge of the Miami Bucks game. I'm watching the game. He gets a hamstring injury. He's taken off on a cart. He comes back on a cart, doesn't miss a play, finishes the rest of the game. I mean, even Tony Romo said, I've never seen this. And Jim Nance were saying, I've never seen in the NFL a guy get carted to the locker room, get carted back from the locker room and not miss one play. Have you ever seen anything like that? Well, you know, it because you were talking about the psychological circumstances, um, I actually made it an effort, especially from the field, to never cart anyone off unless it was medically necessary. Necessary. Um, because of the psychological side that you were you were saying. And 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 not just cart, but the, the whole collar stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I only did that one time in my 17-year career because transiently the player said he felt something in both hands. And that's totally indicated that you got to put a collar on on the guy. And I remember it was in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati still has the only stadium to my not only venue in my knowledge that inside the stadium itself there's an mri machine there's a couple where the mri machines nearby or across a parking lot but Bengals actually have one in their stadium itself that's open to the public six days a week etc and we actually got an mri immediately that cleared him but that's on the side i try not to do that for that reason in terms of uh of, of uh what it is and that's doubling back on your point before 
All right, a big defensive injury, Doc, to a team that can't really afford it. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense been a little shaky this year. Levante David, um, chance for a high ankle sprain, MCL sprain. Uh, what, what did you see there? Well, it's all a lot. I mean, he's a friendly fire to his left side, left leg, and then ended up looping off with his right. Uh, looked like a mild MCL where we thought he could maybe return. We'll see in a short absence. And it was listed as a knee. And then ultimately, uh, it was listed as a um, uh, now listed as an ankle injury. So a, a lot of things. The usual pairing is a high ankle and an MCL. So it looks like he's headed to miss a little bit of time, but it certainly doesn't look horrific so far, which is good news. All right. Uh, something you tweeted about right before we came on uh, the podcast, Doc. Uh, Texans left tackle, Laramie Tunsil, left uh, thumb torn UCL. Uh, you think surgery is going to be necessary at some point, but he can play through it for the rest of the year? Well, you know, I'm a little surprised he missed so much time. I would think you could have casted it in game or done something where you'd still be able to punch and what have you. Uh, uh, this is a similar injury to what Drew Brees had a couple of years ago and returned to play in six weeks. Obviously, it's a little different for an offensive lineman. He's got to punch and, and grab and, and what have you. But, uh, you know, one possible thing is to go ahead and fix it and then play at least the next six, eight weeks in a cast uh, kind of situation. I guess you could just go into a cast splint and play the whole rest of the season in that cast splint. But I would think it would make sense to – fix it to head towards healing and then do a cast and return to play. But the Texans have a good medical staff. They'll figure it out uh, as to what's best for the player. And one guy I'm personally interested in because I have him on fantasy teams and because of the nature of his injury is a uh, Damon Harris, the running back for the Patriots got hurt in the third quarter returned and left the game. They're saying chest. When you hear chest, I always want like chest injury. What are the, what are the options there, doc? What could that possibly be? Well, I mean, there are a lot of options, right? And uh, the NFL just requires you to say an injury status and a body part. I mean, thankfully, they don't do like hockey, upper body, lower body. But chest can mean anything. Uh, and I'm not applying this to Damian Harris, but chest can mean pec. Chest can mean sternum. Chest can mean ribs. Chest can mean lungs. Chest can mean heart. I mean, chest anywhere in the chest vicinity is fine. Intercostal muscle. Chest can mean a lot of things. Now he got drilled in the chest, and uh, I hopefully he doesn't have. Hopefully he does not have a sternal contusion. Those can linger and be quite painful. He did return to the game. I think it's just a matter of uh, pain tolerance, uh, absent any lung issues. Um, although Josh Norman returned to play after bilateral lung contusions pretty quickly after only uh, two weeks or missing the one week. Yeah, and the Patriots are another team suffering a lot of injuries, four offensive linemen out. They had a big dip in their sixth score this uh, this week for us. Um, and, you know, we thought there, it, 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 nobody wants to bet the Texans, but we thought there was little value there with a seven and well, a half. They it won was one of our honorable mention picks. Yeah. I should have picked it as a whatever, uh, you know, those uh, the, uh, the, uh, the trick plays and a couple of uh, – no, 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 no. Yes, passes from Davis Mills got that yeah. got it to the over. But but the bottom line is, uh, it's hard to when you're down four out of five offensive linemen. It's hard to uh, 
to lay double digit or you know two score points, uh, even if it is the the Houston Texans. So it was yeah. a close game. And, and uh, as I've Texas stated lost. on this podcast many times, as a better, that's one of the most valuable things I find with our site. When when I saw that Patriots offensive line given seven and a half on the road, I I went with the Texans, you know, plus the points because, I mean, listen, team few teams have a good five offensive linemen. I mean, nobody has nine or 10 good offensive linemen in the NFL, you know, in, in 2021. So to me, that was a red flag to go against the Patriots and, and it worked out. But again, profootballdoc.com, six scores every week. You find this kind of analysis, not just on the big names, but offensive line, defensive line, backup corners, anything you need to get an edge, both fantasy and betting wise. Doc, and, and the famous, hey, Thomas, in the famous words, now famous words of Urban Meyer, every week is like playing Alabama yeah. in the NFL, right? <laughs> so like, like the Texans in any given week can, you know, come up and play anybody. And the Jaguars, the Lions, look at what they, they almost beat the Ravens. They almost beat the Vikings. I mean, any given week in the NFL, they're all good teams, as, yeah. you, uh, as you say. And, and you're right. We like Look, uh, for the Giants, everyone knows that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are injured and, and Kenny Galladay. But to us, the bigger deals there, the hidden injuries would be, you know, their left guard where they're down to their third left guard, the left tackle for the Giants didn't play, like Martinez as linebacker. Mm-hmm. The more hidden injuries yes. sometimes are the bigger deals because the the star injuries are seen by betters and lines makers. Exactly. So, uh, what about Curtis Samuel, Doc? He he was out. He came back for about 10 minutes, uh, injured a groin. Uh, another IR stint possible for him? Look, we said it going into the game. If you say Curtis Samuel and uh, the running back, uh, Antonio Gibson, Gibson with the st- reported stress fracture in his shin and Samuel with the groin. Short term, our worry is with Curtis Samuel. Long-term, our worry is with Antonio Gibson, right? And it worked out. Short-term, Gibson re-aggravated the groin. They got to just wait enough time, get him fully healthy so that he can stay so they don't play shorthanded. But he'll get there. The question is when. So short-term, my big concern is Curtis Samuel. Long-term and for the season, it's still Gibson. Stress fractures don't magically heal. Give Give him another month and stress fractures... Watching stress fractures heal is worse than watching grass grow, and uh, it's going to be something that he has to manage. And he seems to be so far, and Washington's been doing a good job managing it, but it's not miraculously going to go away. So no news on Gibson is good news. Do not expect to hear all of a sudden he's fully healed from that stress fracture, but hopefully it doesn't go south on him. So that's something to watch. Doc, a guy who did play, uh, Joe Mixon, uh, had he, he split, but he split time uh, with P. Ryan. He had 10 carries. P. Ryan had 11. I mean, listen, I, I don't know how hurt he is. He had the nicest touchdown run I've seen all season uh, where he made a cut. He's supposed to have a bad ankle. Uh, watching Mixon play, uh, what are your thoughts? Is he going to be okay back to 100% next week? He certainly did better than we thought. But if you look at our six score, we downgraded him uh, uh, below 50 because. A, there was a chance he wasn't going to play at all. And B, when he did play, it was going to be a uh, limited action. He actually got more action than I thought with 11 carries. I thought it would be like five, right? 
but uh, and he did score that touchdown. So uh, fantasy wise, he did all right. Uh, so, but I think he's headed up for two reasons. Number one, he already played and hopefully no setback from that mild high ankle sprain 10 days ago. Uh, but also with today's this morning Zoom, Sam, uh, Samir Pirine is now on the COVID list. Mm. And if you're on the COVID list on Monday, there's only six days to Sunday. Is it possible that he plays on Sunday? It is still possible. But if he tested positive, I mean, that's up to 10 days, which would take him out of next week. So for that reason and his ankle, I think uh, uh, Joe Mixon's arrow is up, up, up. All right, let's look at a couple other big name running backs that I'm sure fantasy owners have a lot of questions about. Uh, Dalvin Cook dealing with an ankle in Minnesota. Uh, the team has a bye in week seven. Does that factor into him playing this week? And of course, the main one, Christian McCaffrey. Do you think he's coming back this week? I think Dalvin Cook will play this coming week. I think he was close to playing this week and probably could have. They made the decision to hold him out. But right now, I mean, uh, it's funny how teams work. Uh, number one, uh, I think he's an option to play. He could have played this week, and they didn't choose to play him, let him get a little bit healthier. But really, uh, you know, they thought they had a really good option in Madison, right? But that big fumble at the end of the game that almost lost it for them, uh, they might look at it this way. It's funny. You're right. Sometimes the team says, well, let's give it another week and he'll really get three weeks, right? Because of the bye and before the next game, or they may say, let's run him this week. If he's a little bit sore, he's got two weeks to get better because of the bye because we need him. And I think that's the way the Vikings are going to go this week. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey uh, last week, it seemed like all the media out of Carolina was that he was going to play. And Matt Rule seemed optimistic that he's going to play. Already this morning, he's pulling the switcheroo on me. I was very pessimistic that he was going to play last week, but I thought he would play in week six. Now this morning, Matt Rule is saying he's hopeful he'll play and isn't committing to it. So I don't know if there's something that he's seen or is this the switcheroo that uh, he wanted a team to prepare for Christian McCaffrey when he wasn't going to play, and this week when he is, he doesn't want them to prepare for Christian McCaffrey. I, I, I don't know. But my gut feeling this early in the week that McCaffrey plays in his 20-plus touches. Okay. That sounds good. The Before we get to the Russell Wilson uh, injury that we're going to break down, Doc, let, well, one last guy I want to talk about because I think it's important is Jimmy G. Um, you've said all along it's a, it's a calf bruise. Uh, they have a bye. And here, here, this is just my two cents. Trey Lance is nowhere near ready to play quarterback in the NFL. I don't know who, who thinks that he is by watching him. And this team is starting to fall down here a little bit in the standings, right? So this is going to be a big couple weeks for the 49ers coming up. Week seven, who starts, Trey Lance or Jimmy G? When's the 49ers by? This week? Oh, they're yes. by this week? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that, that's the information I have here, Doc. Okay. I, I, I have not looked ahead this schedule. Uh, my my head this so morning. We're looking is... at week seven. Um, who's, who's with their, their – listen, these next couple of games are going to decide the 49ers' uh, fortunes this year. Do you Who do you think they're going to start at quarterback? Well, okay. Let me answer the first part first, and then we'll get into the second part. The first part is, okay, I didn't know they had a buy. Book it. Jimmy G is ready to start week seven. Okay. Book it. 
end of discussion, here you go. And let me tell you why. Not all calf injuries are the same. Calf strains have a chance to linger. George Kittle, week four, four target, four completions, 10 targets, mediocre performance, did kind of get hit in the knee leg as well. And then this next finished the game, but then got put on injured reserve. George Kittle is the unquestioned star for the 49ers on offense. He got put on injured reserve because he strained his calf. So they're going to miss four weeks. The bye doesn't count. You got to miss three games, right? Um, but Jimmy G is not put on injured reserve. So really what it happens is that um, is it's a calf contusion where it's different. That's why we said from the beginning when Jimmy G was so dejected in this time, I said, I think he has a chance to play week five. He mm -hmm. didn't. Adam Schefter confirmed that, that he had a chance to play uh, uh, week five. Week seven's a no-brainer. He is absolutely able to play and be an option for Kyle Shanahan. Now, if Kyle decides to go with Trey Lance, that's a coaching decision. But yes. absolutely, physically speaking, Jimmy G will be ready to start week seven, no question. Okay, and that's uh, going to be Sunday night game at home against the Colts. Niners sitting at two and three. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jimmy G. I think he starts that game. Uh, I I don't think Trey Lance is where they need him to be yet. But as you said, he'll be healthy enough to start the game. That's up to Kyle Shanahan now. Well, Doc, the biggest injury of the week happened Thursday night. Uh, Russell Wilson um, hit his hand on a defender's helmet. Now, initially, we're going to take a look at this video here. Initially, you didn't think it was going to be much. You thought, okay, you know, they're going to put it, whether you, would you call it, pin it, or however, yeah, <laughs> however look, you said it. Bring it. Look, this is why I don't delete tweets, okay? Because injury information is fluid, and I make the statement – We've been shown over time to be 95% accurate. No one's 100. And look, there are doctors on the field that have put players back in the game with a torn ACL. So, I mean, no, everyone's human here. So, yes, there's no question my initial optimism of Russell Wilson possibly playing in week six was misguided because it was based on my thinking that it was only a mallet finger. And that's what we said in game. And if you run the video here, he actually hits it on the arm slash hand of Aaron Donald, uh, not his helmet. Um, and uh, you see his finger. And right there, you see the mallet finger, the telltale droop. And that's at the tip of the finger, the telltale droop. That's an extensor tendon rupture. And with that, and um, that's why I said, look, I think depending on how he grips the ball, he could come back into the game, and that was in real time. He did. He played a series. He even completed one pass to the wide receiver in the flat, and on third down, he dropped back to throw but was sacked, and then he was out. At that point, that told me that, yes, it was a mallet finger. To me, it meant there was no structural damage in terms of bone instability. Otherwise, they would, A, gotten an X-ray, B, you don't let him back in the game without tape or anything, buddy taping or anything for support. It was just tape on the middle finger itself. And then he was allowed to continue to grip the football and that tennis ball on the sidelines. So my assumption, obviously wrong, is that it was just a mallet finger. Then we hear after surgery, there's two distinct injuries, not only to the tip here with the droop, 
but to the PIP joint where there's a fracture, comminuted, multiple pieces. There was a dislocation as well. So it's two separate injuries. Very, very unusual. Look, if your car doesn't start, it's usually either the battery or the alternator. And that's about the extent of my car knowledge. It's usually not both, right? I mean, yes, the battery can be old and you get a new one at the same time. Look, it, the uh, your bicycle chain uh, doesn't break in two places at the same time, typically. Is it possible? Sure. There have been injuries before. Jeremy Lang broke his arm in the Super Bowl and tore his ACL in the same play. Uh, Darren uh, Sproles uh, broke his arm and tore his ACL in the same play when he played with the Eagles. But those are few and far between. Russell Wilson has two distinct injuries on his finger. And if you look at his post-op picture here, that's a finger injury. That's the biggest cast or splint in the world yeah, I've seen. Doc, I wanted to ask you this. Like, he's got this massive cast on. He's getting carted around in a wheelchair. I mean, uh, I've had four compartment syndrome surgeries on my lower legs, and I walked out with crutches. <laughs> What's going on here? Okay, well, let, let's 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 do this here. First of all, let's debunk the wheelchair. You're not allowed to walk out of a surgery center or hospital, period, by law by liability because you had anesthesia so they're wheeling you out no matter what so that's not on russ at all okay okay so you're uh, saying no matter what you're getting you're getting he's still in the facility they're not letting him walk okay, okay. that's that's not you're on saying russ they don't give a damn if tom casali walks out but russ wilson and ever ever walking out of a, a hospital well, i don't know what, what they happens. do in your own town but that's just a rule <laughs> maybe california where he had the surgery is more litigious in nature. Nobody walks out of the hospital okay. with a surgery center. You get wheeled to your car with a finger surgery. That is the routine. Now, if you want to have some fun with it, it might be, uh, you know, uh, are, are, are the 12 starting a new tradition? That's a lot bigger than a cheesehead piece of foam right there, <laughs> you know, with a sea ice. No, that's just to keep his arm elevated. It's a spare piece of foam. Uh, but yeah, that is a tremendous splint on there. My suspicion on that, it's been reported that he's had three pins placed in his finger for the fracture. Uh, pins usually have to come out. There's two ways to do the pins. The most common way is to leave the pins sticking through the skin and remove and then remove them in the office easily weeks later. The least common is to bury them under the skin. I think that big splint might be hiding some pins sticking through the skin and that need to come out. But after the information came out about the comminuted fracture at the PIP joint, we revised our estimate that he would return week 10. Uh, I think they play New Orleans, Pittsburgh, someone else, and they have a bye. Week 10, four weeks, four and a half weeks, really, because of the, uh, so really five and a half weeks, I guess, because the four weeks plus the week be between the, the, the Thursday game is a good target for him to return. The pins can usually come out by four weeks. So that week 10 game is what we would be targeting. And that's what we said in our videos and posts. And somewhat reassuring when you have the two biggest names in the industry, Sunday morning, uh, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, both saying that in a good case scenario, they're targeting that week 10 for Russell Wilson. And uh, it depends on his grip, depends on his feels, depends on his healing. But week 10 is a realistic estimate, I believe, for Russell Wilson to return.
All right, Doc. Well, hey, another great podcast. I learned a lot. I think the biggest thing we took away here is that Russell Wilson, a lot more important than Tom Casale. Um, so, the, but hey, listen, go make sure again, profootballdoc.com will have all the six scores. I, I, you can, I can pretty much guarantee you that the Seahawks offense is going to take a hit this week with no Russell Wilson, uh, but we'll have all the latest scores. But before we go, Doc, I got to say something. We have a, you know, we have a new look to this podcast. We got a new producer, Justin, the producer. Justin has the most phenomenal Zoom picture I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's amazing. So I think next week, if we can, let's put it up and let's have our fans put a caption on it. And the best <laughs> caption, I will personally give out a $50 gift card to Amazon because I can't wait to see what our fans come up with with this. It's just so good. We can't keep it to ourselves. Thomas, you're the best because I don't know if that's a better tease for next week's podcast or a better tease of our new addition, uh, Justin, our video producer. But that's a pretty good tease right there. <laughs> well, hey, we like we keep saying, we got a lot of big things coming. Uh, stick around the next couple of weeks uh, when we announce them. But thanks for joining us, Doc. Thanks, as always, for the injury information. And we'll see you next week on the Pro Football Doc podcast.